and welcome to Blazepod. It is Wednesday, the 31st of August. My name is Ben, and with Andrew on holiday, I am absolutely delighted and privileged to welcome one of the nicest and hardest working Blades fans out there, Hal Stewart from Sheffield United Way. How are you doing? Ah, that has genuinely made me smile. That's uh, really kind of you to say. And to be honest, I've listened to every single episode of Blades Pod from when you were doing it on your own and letting us all know about it on S2 to when Jay joined the team to, uh, what's his name again? Panchero. (laughs) He's got too many names. Andrew Roy. Yeah, the guy who just swans off like a big swan at the most crucial point of the season, (laughs) him. Well, welcome. I'm fully aware that you've listened to... uh... You know, you were one of the the OG listeners to this, and I'm I'm very grateful uh, for your continued support, and obviously uh, meeting you in person over the last year or so as well. And um, yeah, for, I mean, I I highly doubt anyone listening to this has no idea who you are. But uh, is it fair to say uh, award winning Chef United presenter, a Guinness World Record holder, and uh, a fellow sandwich enthusiast as well? Was the three things I thought that people might need to know? Is there anything anything you think I've missed? Uh, shorter in real life than most people imagine. <laughs> um, before we get into the game, you, you very generously agreed to um, talk about the Reading win with me and a few other bits and bobs as well. What What is your Guinness World Record that you hold? I, I, I feel like you've told me this, but it would have been in the pub and, yeah, I probably forgot it as a result. Well, anyone who knows me knows that uh, I, I'm very modest uh, the last thing I like to do is talk about myself, and I don't constantly require adulation or praise. Uh, but as you brought it up, mm-hmm. my Guinness World Record is for the most movie quotes recognised, and uh, that is not one I would like you to test me on on the spot right now, if that's all right, because I always embarrass myself after saying I've got this movie quote world record, and people suddenly throw a movie quote at me that I've never heard before. How we? I mean, can you can you tell me in like twenty seconds how how that is structured? Do you have to like answer yeah. as many as you can in a minute or something? Yeah. So it wasn't a timed one. Uh, it was an adjudicator who had one hundred quotes in front of him. He read out the quote. I had to say what film it came from. No one had ever got past. I think it was like forty. Uh, I got to a hundred out of a hundred, and he just ran out of quotes, so he stopped there. <laughs> but I felt like I could have kept going, but it's. You know, you have about five years for someone to challenge it. Then you're in the book. Uh, no one's beaten it. It's seven years old now. That is fantastic. Can you do this online? I, I, I would like to. I'm sure I could get a hundred, <laughs> but I, I actually would like to I'd give that a pop. Anyway, that's that is amazing. Well done. That's a, that's a proper Guinness World Record as well. Not like you know, I don't know, what climbing a mountain or something, doing something <laughs> yeah. actually physically endurance related. <laughs> Thank you. The best Guinness World Records are the ones that people look at and go, I think I could do that. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. they can't. The best Guinness World Records are ones that you can do sitting down drinking a cup of tea with a biscuit. Perfectly put. Um, Right, Reading at home and the Blades win again. 4-0, making it four home wins out of four. Um, I would like to know, uh, were you confident going into this game? Top of the league versus second, I think we were at that point. Were you... uh, you, you, (laughs) <laughs> expecting a tough game from Reading or were you a bit more like me? Well, it's Fortress Bramall Lane, isn't it? As you say, mm. four games, four wins, 11 goals, only one conceded. It's just a case of working on the away form. Uh, I wasn't super confident just because of what Reading did to us at the lane last season, which was a really uncomfortable watch. Uh, just when we thought we were back in it with Dilly Man and Die, they went straight up the other end and 
scored what would prove to be an eventual winner. And and Reading, as you know from chatting on this pod before with uh, What's-His-Face, uh, they have previously been a bogey team and you never know whether they're going to become a bogey team again and go on a little run of beating us at the lane. So I wasn't super confident, but after about five minutes, it was clear who the dominant side were. Mm. And my, my other thing I wanted to ask you, to sort of building off the back of that, this team is really good, right? Oh, yeah. This team is a team that can only be beaten by themselves. Oh, I like it. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, you mentioned we only conceded the one goal there, and that was basically from Egan passing straight to uh, a Sunderland player. And, um, yeah, that, that was kind of Reading's only opportunities last night, wasn't it? And I think in the first half, he... Um, it was a pretty dumb pass into midfield, and fortunately, Norrington Davis uh, made a made a sort of great recovery tackle before they could get a proper shot in. I think that's uh, somebody asked me this. I think it's Steve Jones on Twitter just before we start recording, actually. But he mentioned uh, what I'd said last on, on this pod last time. We've only allowed one shot in the box in our last two home games, or well, you can add another single shot inside the box from last night. So that's that's three home games where the opposition have had a total of two shots inside the box. I mean. Yeah, this team is really cruising at home. And obviously, you're right to mention the um, the away form there. And hopefully, that will pick up. But from everything I've seen of us at home, it's like, I feel like I've been quite pessimistic in predicting fifth now. Are you along the same sort of lines? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just throw a question back at you. Never answer a question with a question, but I'm about to. <laughs> Was that the most complete performance since dot 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 you know Sunderland with Bobakis <laughs> <laughs> no I won't go that far I actually didn't think we were as good as we were against Blackburn if I'm being honest um, wow yeah seriously I thought we uh I, I thought we absolutely destroyed Blackburn whereas last night it was just it was very comfortable I didn't totally get the sense we had to try particularly hard obviously we did in terms of like uh being aggressive and winning the ball back and stuff but I, don't, I mean, I think we could have scored, very easily scored six or seven against Blackburn, whereas 4-0 was probably about right last night. But yeah, it just um, I think it's when you see the subs coming on uh, and the actual names of those subs and you know the reputation that go with it as well, it just makes me sit back in my seat and be like, flipping heck, you know. Mm. Other teams must just... You see Kadra, I think we brought Kadra and Brewster on at the same time, right? Mm. Um, as a double sub. And if you're a defender and you've just been, you know, pushed around or run ragged by McBurney and Jai for 70 minutes or whatever, you must just look at that and you, your heart must sink into your boots, I'd have thought. Um, I want to talk about Doyle as well. Tommy Doyle gets his first start uh, and I was maybe not as impressed as it seems like everyone else was, but uh, certainly good enough for me. I thought it was a, a very a very good, solid debut. Um, how about yourself? Uh, I was tremendously impressed. With Doyle, I, I thought we had that tough tackling that we've known from defensive midfielders in the past, but he can also run with it. He mm. looks very brave. He looks very strong. He's got an eye for goal. He can take set pieces. I know he does for England, uh, you know, in the, the youth set up there, and maybe one day for the full national side. And I think this is a player that we've been crying out for for a long time. And actually, some of the players who are out injured at the moment, you know, one of maybe any of the 23, however many it is, uh, will struggle to get back into this side with Doyle, I think, pulling the strings like he did and was really a, a huge contender for man of the match with his all-round play. I was really, really impressed. Mm. Yeah, it was, as I said, certainly, uh, certainly good enough for me. I, I've been 
I've been waiting for him to get a start um, for most of the season, really. Kind of more out of curiosity, I think, and like knowledge of his reputation rather than having mm. actually seen him play any football at this point. But yeah, the I mean, what he's probably paid, played like, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 minutes or something like that for us at this point. And he played a half against Lewin, didn't he? So. Yeah, and he's been playing catch-up, of course, from his injury in pre-season. They always say that the worst time to miss is that pre-season and he did so mm. let's hope that we don't see maybe a drop off in fitness from him at any point during the season because honestly I'll say this now I think he's going to be a first choice starter throughout the season mm. I think you're probably right I mean yeah certainly with the Fleck injury that uh, that opens the door for somebody to uh, really grab that shirt I suppose and uh, maybe we'll probably touch on the fact that it's the transfer deadline uh, tomorrow as well at some point in this podcast but Hopefully that midfield three will stay together. But yeah, really, really encouraged by him. Um, yeah, just very, very dynamic, great energy. You know, as you said, tackling, dribbling. Uh, I thought his passing was really good. He, you know, flips that ball over the top for Njai in the first half that he um, he sort of scuffs scuffs wide when he's in on goal. But uh, yeah, a really, really promising start. And I mean, this is it. it? We, we've had this great start to the season, and you you look at players like him and. He, that's his first start of the season. He's barely featured. And, yeah, you know, Brewster hasn't really got firing yet. Sharp's obviously, uh, you know, barely played, picked up an injury in, like, game number three or four or something like that. It's quite exciting, isn't it? <laughs> when you think of the players that's... Yeah. I mean, I even mentioned sort of Bogle or... Um, who's the other one I was thinking of the other day that uh, it's just like, you know, you just plug them. Oh, uh, Kieran Clark probably would be starting at left centre-back. Yeah. Um, although... Yeah, have have you found Norring, the Norrington Davis at left centre back experience? Uh, yeah, is it an experience or is it an experiment? And if it is an experiment, it's working. I mean, I, I like Reese Norrington Davis. He's actually a really clever guy as well off the pitch, and I think he's turning that intelligence onto the pitch with his positional sense. As we've already mentioned, that really fantastic last ditch tackle, which I think denied a, a clear goal or at least a, a shot on goal. Uh, you never know with that Reading side whether it would have gone high, wide, and not very handsome. They didn't look on it, but still, he wasn't to know, of course, what would happen from that shot. And I thought he was just there, perfect positioning, perfect timing, excellent challenge, and throughout the game just looked very, very comfortable as he has really since you could say that Forest second leg. Mm. Yeah, when he was playing as a as a wing back that day, which he is was. purportedly his his <laughs> like normal position. Although I'm I'm pretty sure he played left centre back for Rochdale. Was he? He was on loan there, right? I mean, yeah, you're asking me that, me expecting me to instantly go yes without you hearing me do the typing for once (laughs) and double check that. But I mean, I remember Luton, I remember Stoke, and that's as far as my memory warehouse is going to go back. I do know that he played for Wales before he played for his club side, Sheffield United, and I I can't think of any other time when a player has played international football before they've actually represented their parent club. (laughs) Yeah, certainly for a a nation uh, the size of Wales, anyway, maybe if it's a obscure Caribbean island nation or something like that. Maybe there's Maybe. been a few, but yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know what we're going to do there, you know, because Clark is, Kieran Clark says he's, um, uh, the word from Heckingbottom a few weeks ago is that he was <laughs> a week away. He is, he's not made a match squad uh, since that point. What, Hecky the notorious liar? <laughs> it just <laughs> tells it completely straight every time. He, I think he, I think he was honest this time. He did say Kadra was coming back. No one else was injured um, for this game, and that's that proved to be accurate. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's fair to acknowledge that. But yeah, I mean, I think we might have to leave Norton Davis there, even when Clark is back. I've been, 
I've been impressed with him. Um, I think he's, I think his ceiling as a player is a bit higher than I thought it was. You know, he's such a good athlete, and he's putting that to good use as well in terms of getting up and down the pitch. And yeah, with with Armand Odzic on the other side, we we sort of have our overlapping centre backs back, don't we? We do, and and Reece Norrington Davis is ours, and he's young, mm. and he's got more potential. And no matter what. However well Kieran Clark were to play, we'd still have a situation at the end of the season where we've either got to sign him or he goes back. So mm. I'd much rather that the, the much more, well, what would we say, that the player with much more of a future long term in terms of in football, Reese Norrington Davis, you know, mm. he could he could be that that player at that position for the next ten years, maybe even longer. Hopefully, all with Sheffield United, hopefully all playing well because really that side we saw against Reading, I'm happy with that being the team. Mm. If they keep playing like that for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I got to say, when I saw the team, because there have been, been a few rumours, I, I guess you probably were plugged in and saw this as well, like, oh, Berger's not going to be playing because uh, of transfer rumours swirling around him. Like, it's, And I, I don't know if that could, like caught, uh, like sort of gathered momentum. It just sort of started with somebody saying like, oh, I bet Berger isn't going to play tomorrow because Liverpool are interested. And then... It, it almost seems to sort of gather some steam and become a bit more factual through the day. But when that team sheet dropped, I was thinking, let's go, basically. This is this has got to be as close to our strongest team. When you factor in, uh, I guess, the last three or four performances from McBurney, from Max Lowe, um, maybe a couple of others. On, well, I suppose Norton Davis is the one, actually. Uh, we just think, like, actually, those players have sort of nailed those positions down, but at least for now, until... Yeah, I mean, you know, it almost feels like the only thing that's going to get low out the side at the moment is uh, is injury, and that is not what I expected to be saying about five weeks ago. To be honest, where do you, where do you stand on Maxlow? What's your uh, what's been your position on you know him as a United player? I really like him. I thought he couldn't have been worse than that Watford performance, which really was truly one of the worst performances I've ever seen from a professional <laughs> footballer. He looks so disinterested. But whatever's happened after that, I don't know. He's, he's knuckled down. He really seems like he wants to fight for that shirt. And he's made it his own. It's his to lose. If he keeps putting in crosses like he did in this game, you know, for well, that 11 minutes in, wasn't it? Mm. With Doyle out to Lowe, putting that really tantalising cross for Ollie McBurney. And he's already shown Lowe that he can put in great delivery. Mm. I was really quite unimpressed with his performances in the Premier League. Forest mm. fans tell me he was superb when, the, when he was fit last season. I really want it to work out for the lads. And then it looks like if it does continue like this, the signings of Lowe and Bogle in an otherwise season of fairly poor signings would be two fantastic steals. Because <laughs> while I was playing the long game on this one. Very, very long game. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm impressed with him, honestly. Uh, you have to hold my hands up. I I, I, I I, sort of thought he would be all right. Like I, I, I was pretty confident that Forest fans weren't collectively lying to us. It's like one, <laughs> one final twist of the knife on last season. Um, but he, he's been better than I thought. Uh, than I thought he was, to be blunt. I, yeah. I just think that left side now has so much athleticism. He, you know, he. When I watch the highlights back, there's an obviously he's involved in the the first goal. He sets it up with the cross, but he's popping up in the box for a lot of our other chances as well. And it's it's him driving into the opposition third from left wing back low. Yeah, that's we we haven't had that for a long time. Like since Ender Stevens uh, was Ender Stevens basically, and. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. It's it's another 
string to this team's uh, collective bow, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well done, him. I'm I'm impressed, and yeah, hopefully it continues. And yes, as you correctly pointed out, he sends in a slightly deflected cross and. Ollie McBurney with a a very number nine style finish, just crashing a header into the back of the net, and uh, two in two for him. Are you um, are you are you surprised by this at all, or are you uh, encouraged by the last <laughs> few games? Be, you? Well, I suppose yeah. Having watched Ollie McBurney for the previous five hundred and sixty-four games, you know whatever it was, uh, days I think is actually the correct number. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to say that he he hasn't looked full of confidence until the last two games and it's been so good to see same with max Lowe. i think they are probably both confidence players and seeing ollie mcburney head home center of goal powerful precise just perfect and then seeing him do other bits and pieces around the game because i actually think he's much better on the floor than a lot of people give him credit for but also his flick-ons are fantastic he's now been that player that we thought we were signing because he's been that focal point. He's been that man to get the ball to, and he can either hold it up, flick it on, he's actually making flick-ons that land at a red and white shirt, <laughs> or he's got that ability. And if you look at clips of him playing for Barnsley and playing for Swansea, he's got mm. tremendous dribbling. We haven't really seen the skills that he's got, but they do exist because they're out there online. You can you can check them out. Maybe as he gets more and more confident, we'll see an even greater addition to the uh, Ollie McBurney experience to use your term a little earlier and we'll see even more that he's got because he's got attributes that I still think he's holding in reserve yeah absolutely and I, I remember when we signed him a lot of the sort of um like the the, the stat site analytics site scouting reports on him were like this guy was one of the best in the championship at, at creating shots from dribbles so he, he was you know fantastic at creating his own shot by yeah dribbling with the ball finding space and, and hitting the target that way and yeah as you say we've we've just not seen that player I mean, possibly ever in the time they signed for us. He obviously he had a, a decent enough first season here, but I don't remember him being much more than a target man, really, like a battering ram type forward. And yeah, he clearly has that in his locker uh, for whatever reason. We haven't seen it, but this is yeah, he's, he's stringing some games together for possibly the first time in the three seasons. Well, three and a bit seasons he's played for us, um, which again is is very very encouraging. And yeah, I mean. I'm always a bit like I feel that confidence thing, especially with him. I always think it's a bit like uh, it always felt a bit of a cop out to me. I mean, how many players, you know, he gets his name sung every time he comes on, regardless of how long it is since he scored. So <laughs> I don't know what whatever it is, though, uh, clearly, clearly an uptick in form in the last few weeks. And looks it looks, to be honest, an uptick in fitness to go with it, which is probably not a coincidence either. Um Second goal. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're going at half time, one nil up. Uh, were, you, were you feeling any kind of like uh, uh, wish we'd wish we'd put this one to bed? Obviously, Jai had that chance where he uh, he went through. We had a couple more that went um, went pretty close. But did you think like uh, you know we could be we might have missed an opportunity to sort of finish this game off already, or were you just like this is so easy? I can tell you're a blade. 
<laughs> those kind of thoughts yeah I was thinking that and I think you always are as a United fan aren't you you're thinking we've had chances in this game we haven't taken them who knows what Paul Ince will do at half time if they'll get a rocket up their backsides and if they'll come out all guns blazing second half we, we know now spoiler alert they didn't uh, mm. other things I noticed I was looking at the Reading crowd at half time a crowd of I think I counted of about 350 uh, very poor <laughs> did I, I you think... actually count no of course didn't. but we're, we're <laughs> Worth mentioning that uh, when we played Reading last season, it was a really cold November day at Reading and we were packed, loads of supporters at that away game. And they brought, while their table toppers, I thought a really poor attendance. So that was something I can remember thinking. My, my wife will now very strongly dislike you, just for the record. <laughs> what, was, she, was, she, was she there? She was, yes. Oh, <laughs> fair play then. All right, I'll take well, it I mean, she only, she only has to travel from, uh, you know, a couple of miles away to be fair but um yeah and that's yeah. me driving from just slightly south of reading and and actually i had a chance to chat with some of the reading fans at full time in one of the services and i'll just tell you this and then we'll leave it and move on to the second half but their reactions to the game were very different to what i thought and they they bizarrely believed they could have got a draw some of the ones i spoke to which was oh. very very strange <laughs> no chance that can't be. Surely not, Hal. You're not just making that up. No, no, absolutely. Some <laughs> of them felt that uh, you know we weren't that great. Uh, they could have got something more out of the match if certain things had gone you know slightly differently. But I, 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 I don't know what. Maybe it was late and uh, quite a lot of substances of an alcoholic beverage type had been consumed by then. Because I can't get behind any of that kind of thought process. Yeah, it's it's very possible that that is. Uh... That is what fueled that particular thought process. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was thinking uh, half time, like just come out and get another goal quickly, and then that's. Uh, this this sounds very easy to say with hindsight, but I, I thought if we scored quickly and we did, then we would win like four or five nil, and we did. Um, so well done, me. That was well done, you. <laughs> <laughs> Liam from uh, the Living with Maidley podcast can testify that I said this if he, if he actually heard me. But um, <laughs> anyway, yes, we we win a corner almost immediately. Doyle sends it in, Armad Odzic finds some space because uh, I don't even know this, but one of the Reading defenders was very interested in trying to undress McBurney rather than um, you know actually defend this cross. And uh, yeah, Armad Odzic meets it on the volley, absolutely obliterates it into the back of the net, just a <laughs> thumping finish. And yeah, he obviously gets another one later in the game. Three goals and an assist in five starts, I think. It's amazing. He he actually reminds me of uh, Gary Cahill when we had him on loan because he he mm. became like a goal scoring centre back for that time that he was with us. And I think there's, there's similarities in that, what I believe Anel Ahmed Hodzic will go on to achieve in his career. I think he is going to be a superstar. I think he will go on and play in the Premier League hopefully for the entirety of his career with Sheffield United. Uh, it was just so exciting to see. I mean, I've been reading uh, Sofa Score. Ahmed Hodzic, the third best performer in the league currently. Oliver Norwood actually in second. Uh, Between mm. the Lines analysis has written a really interesting piece as well on Ahmed Hodzic. Do check him out uh, on Twitter at BTL underscore analysis. Uh, he's, Ahmed Hodzic has recorded a tackle success rate of 75%. Uh, he's making on average seven ball recoveries per game. I'm not a huge stats guy, but even I know that's good. That's pretty good, yeah. Um, he... Uh... What percentage chance do you think he is playing in the championship in 12 months' time? I mean, your instinct is to say zero. I think it's going to take something 
something that I don't want to happen, like a really bad injury. So I'm just tapping on wood. Yeah, he he looks much too good for this level. Um, and at 23 as well, I, I think it's very yeah, it's very possible that he doesn't play for us next season if we're not in the Premier League. That's just how good he is. But absolutely uh, a fantastic bit of transfer business. I think we're we're going to make. Uh, I think I think I said this last time. Worst case scenario with him, uh, we're going to make a very very nice profit over the course oh, yeah. of 12 months. Um, yeah, and it's it's not just the goals, is it? He's just a great athlete, great you know ball player. Just seems like a very smart defender as well. I mean, he, look, I've seen him get caught out a couple of times or make a you know make a bad decision in possession. But I think the amount of um, the amount of kind of usage that we're getting out of him, the amount of possession he is individually having, you're going to see a few of those moments. And yeah, it's, it's sprinkled in with some absolutely magical ones as well. So. Yeah, Chris Basham's got a got a job on to get that shirt back, I think, which I, again is not something I would I thought I would be saying probably six months ago. Yeah, his first real challenge, you could argue, since he's been at the club. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we I feel like we had like Ryan Leonard playing there a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> Just proving my point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, that would, but I think that was like a wilder experiment of like this guy's a midfielder. We're going to play him at right centre back because. You know, there's, there's three defenders. We don't need him to be like, uh, you know, Paolo Maldini or anything. And he can just, um, you know, play ball, basically. But, yeah, Armand Odzic looks, like, uh, looks like the complete package. And um, another person who I also think is possibly the complete package gets the third goal, and that's Illumin and Jai, who... Do you think he had a good game? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Actually, I want to just go back one second and say, fantastic segue... And then say, yes, but now you've asked me, I hadn't even really considered because Illyman and Die is Illyman and Die, and something on the, the flick of a switch can just happen with him mm. that, is, that is make you stand on your seat, hairs on the back of your neck or back of your arms, because he's got ability really like no one else in the entire team. And actually, could you could argue is our most influential player, not because of how much he'll do on a 90 minutes like Oliver Norwood, but because he single-handedly can just win a game for you a la Fulham away mm. or score a goal like that, like we saw against Blackburn at home, or like the third, which you're about to talk about now, which is something I'm not sure too many of the players in the side can do. Yeah, just just a fabulous finish from him. Great. This is one of the moves I alluded to earlier with, um, with Lowe getting forward. Um, Bernie does a nice little flick in midfield. Low powers forward, he finds Berger, who in turn sends a very nice first time pass to um and Jai. And yeah, I think I think with any other player I'd be like, Oh no, why is he out of touch? Like he's taking too long and then this is Njai, he just shifts it out of his feet, left footed, slides it into the corner. I had, I had a perfect angle for this where I was sat in the cop. Like as soon as he hit it, I knew it was a goal, I started celebrating basically. Um yeah, he's I so this is my hot take. I said this to um, a message this to Andrew last night. I think Njai right now is playing better than Gibbs White was um, probably for the entirety of last season. If you like, if you take if you if you just take this concentrated Njai period going back to actually going back to the Reading game last season, I think he's more influential at the moment. Is this? I'm I'm probably going nuts here. Do you, do you think I'm going nuts? You're no, being I silent. actually. No, no, I think uh, because Morgan Gibbs White and Ndai, and I'm going to call him Ndai, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Gibbs White and Ndai playing together, it almost, you've got like Morgan Gibbs White almost because he's such a superstar, nullifying 
a little bit what Undai can do because you can't have two live wires with flicks and tricks. It doesn't really work. <laughs> you know, one of them's got to drop back while the other one's doing the other. Or really, if you've just seen one do some momentous skill, is there room for that for two? But now, Any Man and Die is going to be able to step forward and be that main man. And actually, we saw Any Man and Die step up when Morgan Gibbs White was injured last season. And mm. it, it sounds crazy to say it, but it might be better for Illyman now that he's had that season to learn from Morgan Gibbs White. And it's now, right, you take everything you've learned and you you ta- you carry the team on your back with your skills and your, your skilly man and die, as we've heard you know Roy say before. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just so exciting to see. I actually think we'll see more from him this season. I think he'll score more goals than Morgan Gibbs White did last season. That's not Ooh. to say I think he's a better player than Morgan Gibbs White. I'm not saying that. I think that the two of them together is, is, a, is a, I did, uh, arguably a match made in heaven, but we don't have that. So I'm trying to pick a positive out and say, hmm. Illyman, I think without him there, will actually come into his own. And, and what we saw there, you mentioned it, the edge of the box, he actually only took, it felt like a million touches at the time because you're thinking, <laughs> shoot, shoot, shoot. He took four touches. And he set himself, he picked his spot, bang, right into the bottom left-hand corner, past Joe Lumley. Not an easy chance, but great composure. And that is the sign of a player who is now playing at the peak of his powers, full, as I've said already, of confidence. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I said, I, I'm with you. I'm not saying that Njai is a, a better player than Gibbs White, but I think, I think right now he's having more influence on us than... Yes. Gibbs White did like if you stretch it out for the entire season. Obviously, uh, Gibbs White had some phenomenal games and and really did drag us like by the scruff of the neck at times into a into a winning oh, position. Completely. But yeah, take it. So I actually I went back and looked at this. So this is since that Reading game uh, last season. So the one that we lost at home, uh, which is basically the point he got back in the team and stayed in there. I think Sharp got injured around then, right? I think that was yeah. I remember it was that game or if it was just before or after, but. Uh, and Jai scored eight goals in 780 minutes since then. So a goal every 97 and a half minutes, about every game, basically. Um, wow. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's pretty good considering he's not really a striker, is he? He's someone that not. gets involved all over the pitch. And yeah, that is that is really impressive. You know, obviously a goal every 97 and a half minutes. I mean, if he managed to play every minute and you prorated that, he's looking at, you know, probably 30 to 35 goals over the season. I mean, I think I think the actual number will be much less than that, but it's it's a heck of a, a heck of a run from him uh since that April Reading game I think it was. And obviously that's his fourth goal of the season uh for us already. Um he's also scored more with his left foot than his right this season. Has this uh, occurred to you? The uh is the two goals he scored at the cop end recently have both been with his left peg. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, he is very much a right-footed player. Well, uh, someone speaking to you right now did a video about Illyman and Dai when he signed his contract after that slight dispute. And oh. I remember saying on the video, you know, predominantly right-footed, but can use both. And I'm really glad I did say that because, to be honest, when I do these videos, half the time I ain't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he is someone, yes, I have noticed that because when I played football at the lowest possible level of any awful footballer, I'm left-footed. So I always have a soft spot for anyone who shoots with the left foot or is naturally left-footed. So 
I always notice left-footed goals, and I'm really pleased to see it. And yeah, uh, uh, this kid, as long as you know, because I always worry whenever Bladespot is recording on transfer deadline day, there's always, <laughs> always that fear that something is going to happen. So we will just make it clear we are recording this on the, as you said at the start, on the 31st of August before the deadline. It's a full That's... 26 and a half hours to go yet. Oh, uh... crikey! There's a lot of awful things that can happen in that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love this with Injai. Like, he, he, yeah, he is right-footed, but the wonder goal against Blackburn is, is like, yeah, well, I'm just going to finish this on my left foot from 25 yards. Like, you know, it's clearly, it's it's not like he scored two left-footed goals just because that's where the ball fell to him, and you know, he instinctively swung his left foot. At it. Mm. He's consciously moving that onto his supposedly weaker foot and finding the bottom corner and. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's another one where I'm just going to enjoy every game we get to see him play for us because I really do think we've got a, we've got a really special player there. And yeah, even even in a game yeah. like this, where, to return to my original question about him, didn't think he was massively influential. You know, a few things he tried didn't come off. He had two pretty decent chances in the first half. I think the one-on-one is, is slightly harder because it's a bouncing ball. He has to volley it, but... Um, yeah, not not his best game, but then he has the capability to do that, which very very few of our players, or indeed any player we've potentially had in like the last ten years, maybe is capable mm. of. Doing. So yeah, and amazing. You know, a year ago we would not have even been talking like this mm. about a player we very few of us knew a lot about. It's been really something special. It feels a bit like a bonus having a player like this that's come through sort of you know your, your youth system. It's great. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we'll obviously mention uh, uh, another player who's come through our youth system and uh, departed today, later on in this as well. Um, yeah, so that makes it 3-0 and Jai, and then uh, Armad Odzic heads in his second, United's fourth, and um, I've watched this goal back quite a few times because I was so struck by the movement of the whole team during this. I mean... I get it's from like a recycled corner in a, in a game that is essentially over because obviously we're three 0 up at this point. But as that as that first corner gets headed clear, we have four players like all making runs in the build up. You've got McAtee, Norton Davis, Basham, Norwood, all kind of interchanging and rotating with each other, and then yeah, it gets it gets cycled back to Norwood who, who puts in one of those crosses, which I'll, I'll get onto in a second. Um, I think if you watch it back, you watch the movement of the players who are waiting for the cross as well. There's there's four men in there. Any of them could have scored, basically, depending on how hard Norwood hits his cross. So, yeah, it's just like I just watched that clip of, like over and over again. So, like this is a this is a good sign. This is a team that is very comfortable in where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing when you know when player X has the ball, whereas players Y, Z, A, B, and C supposed to be. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really, really nice goal. And obviously, every time Norwood crosses from that position, I, I pretty much immediately start celebrating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even though he, there hasn't been that many goals, but yeah, as soon as it comes in from there, from the Norwood zone, I think you could paint like a sort of, you know, a, a, a ten meter diameter circle basically on that right wing. I just think good things are going to happen every single time. How about you? Yeah, brilliant football in the build-up. Norwood's teasing crosses are something I, I really enjoy. Look at that ping from Norwood. Makes other teams look no good, uh, as, the, <laughs> as the song goes. And you, you said it. This is a team, full stop. They look like a team. And the fact that 3-0 up, 
they're still all trying to get into the box, breaking the next to try and get on the end of bits and pieces, shows the desire. They're not taking the foot off the gas. They still want another. It's so encouraging as we go on and what will be a very, very long season. And there will be times when we're at nil-nil at home and you'll think, crikey, we scored four against Reading and they were still trying to get more and more and more. We can't just get one tonight. But that, hmm. that's, that's typical. That's football. That's the way it will be. And there will be frustrating times like that. Of course there will. But the fact that they all still care and they're all still trying and they're all still trying to make things happen when a game is clearly won, it's just such a good sign. Mm. And I think sort of building on that, actually, um, uh, kind of coming back to what I was saying about the subs as well. I mean, Kadra comes on and he just runs around like a maniac, doesn't he? I mean, I, he's another one I've only seen play, play like a handful of minutes so far. But um, yeah, I, I, the the effort that he puts in is pretty encouraging. You know, he, he's still chasing after people and on his burger doing this as well like with you know we're into injury time at this point the game's essentially over and yeah i guess maybe you could sort of i don't know if cynical cynically is the right word but maybe you could say <laughs> given our injury record perhaps we should be not trying quite so hard in those situations but <laughs> the, fan, the fan in me sat in the stands is is properly loving it seeing the team really going for it like i'm playing with so much aggression but um yeah, I, I liked. Uh, I, I want to sort of mention this specifically. Um, Heckingbottom bringing McAtee on, uh, and I, I just thought that was really. It, it, maybe it's an easy thing to do, but I thought that was really savvy management from Heckingbottom after how we played at Luton and that sort of uh, necessary halftime substitution that uh, he was he was subject to essentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was obviously a much a much kinder environment to bring him on into. And yeah, I, th- I thought it was a really smart thing to do, to be honest, by Heckingbottom. Did you uh, did you sort of pick up on that as well? Yeah, and putting a great cross, didn't he? Almost uh, oh, straight yes. away. Yeah, dude, that would have been... Yeah. I think he came on at the same time as Basham, or Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, they almost... His first touch, McAtee, basically, was that cross the back post and Basham's first touch with the header, which uh, the keeper unfortunately saved. I thought, I thought I'd seen a Chris Basham goal in person for the, the first time in a long time. Uh... Well, you know, you, you mentioned McAtee, and you know, I think it's easy to be critical of any player that doesn't play particularly well, but I think there's a lot of things we've got to take into account with that performance at Luton, which you know, he will be the first to admit wasn't great. It is a hostile environment, as you've already said, very tight, very close pitch. Fans are right on you. Also... Even all of us are humans and we'll have had in our own professional lives the day you've been worried about the following day. You've got to do like a big presentation or you've got to do something that you – for him, he's got to like play for, in many cases, something that none of us can ever relate to, a match on Sky Television that will be watched by thousands, maybe millions. <laughs> and really, it's his first real chance to show what he can do, really, mm. to, to anyone. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to sleep the night before that. And and I would imagine he was just incredibly nervous. And, and it, that won't happen again, I'm sure. This is going to be a superstar. This kid, by the end of the season, we will say, what a fantastic loan signing. He, he's got every attribute. And we'll look back on that 45 minutes, hopefully, and just say, well, I can't believe he started like that. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. But, um, yeah, obviously... Uh... A, a much more comfortable situation to stroll into this one, and uh, yeah, he, yes. he did really well. I thought, just um, yeah, I thought it was important he for Heckingbottom to get him back on the pitch as quickly as possible, in a way, and yeah, good for his own confidence. I think, yeah, Heckingbottom seems to know what he's doing as a man manager. I've got to say that that's something I've really 
appreciated, I think, over the last, uh, how long it is now, probably 10 months or so. Um, you know, you just look at the amount of youth players that have kind of made their debuts, like senior debuts, and, and thrived, basically. And he's obviously been very involved in that from uh, his time in the under-23s as well. So, um, yeah, that was... Uh, that was just a small kind of wrinkle there, I suppose. I was like, "Yep, I appreciate that we did that." I think that's, I think that's good squad management, good man management, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, McAtee will just keep getting better as well. Um, what did you think of Armand Hodzic going for the hat trick from twenty-five yards? <laughs> He's no Jack Elker, is he? From distance, let's be honest. <laughs> I saw Brewster at the end saying, "Don't don't shoot just because the crowd want you to," uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Rian's quite right. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a great shot, was it? No, but I was still. Uh, I was still shouting to shoot. <laughs> I wanted. I wanted oh, him yeah, to take so it on. I. <laughs> how, how often does a centre back get a hat trick? not not very often. No, he's got to go for it, but maybe yeah. a bit more time on the training ground, working from long distance. <laughs> yeah, skies it well into the cold. We've got a massive cheer. To be fair. I'd... Which I, I imagine uh, possibly brought a smile to his face as well. Um, we did have one other sort of. Uh, clearish opportunity I suppose where Berger drives into the box and uh, it gets kind of deflected to Brewster who's on at this point and he doesn't quite manage to flick it in it would have been a, it would have been a lovely goal but uh, yeah just sort of flicks it into um, uh, Lumley's midriff um, just a a really good performance as I say I thought we hit higher higher levels against Blackburn but yeah you, you essentially just flatten a team for 90 minutes um, it's fun I enjoy it. I, you know, I've seen some bad United sides. This isn't one of them. And I've seen a few people say this uh, in the wake of this game, but you could make a case that this side is better than the one that got promoted under Chris Wilder. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think it's deeper. I think it has more, uh, you know, more strength in depth. Um, where do you, where do you stand on that? Are you? Are you, are you not I don't know if down? I agree with that. I'll tell you what, it is better than the Premier League side that got relegated. Mm. I'd go with that, yeah. Yeah, what, I think it is. I also would... I think it's worth mentioning the atmosphere as well now back at Bramall Lane. It seems like we're getting back to that atmosphere that we had, as you mentioned, that, that Chris Wilder promotion season. It felt yesterday like that was the atmosphere of a night game, a proper night game atmosphere again. Mm. Yeah, and I think that when you see the commitment of the players uh, in terms of closing down and you know tackling and running at players as well, we suddenly we've got... You know, three or four players essentially were more than happy to just basically put their head down and run, run with the ball, which is quite nice to see after, <laughs> you know, after some of those, uh, yeah, going back to that relegation season of just like, oh, what, how are we ever going to score a goal? Like, how are we ever going to get in a shot, uh, a shot taking position? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very positive at the moment. Um, and the next challenge is winning away, which we've not done yet. Um, do, do you have any early thoughts on the trip to Hull this weekend on Sunday? Do you, you happen to be going at all? Uh, or probably not. No, I'm not going to go because I have run out of money ahead of moving to Cyprus. So I cannot <laughs> afford anything. Uh, it's, they're going to be tough, aren't they? Because they've spent a lot of money. Mm. Uh, their, owner, their owner has been flush with cash. They <laughs> look a better side than last season. Difficult game. All our away games so far have been, but I think it'll set down a marker and we'll know really where we are uh, after the whole game at the weekend because that, as I say, will be a really tough challenge. And Hull, for some reason, particularly our fans, really seem to hate us. So they do well hate us, it. yeah. It's, it, I, 
I think every season I look up why it is, and it's so spurious and dates back so far that I immediately forget it again. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I've complete. I've been told I buy Hull fans, and I've completely forgotten because <laughs> it did not register on my interest level. I feel like Tony Curry was probably playing for us. Like that's how long ago it was. I think it was like the seventies or something like that. It might have, might even have been earlier for all I know. Um, Anyway, let's talk about Hull. Yes, uh, I, I also think this will be quite hard, but not as hard as our other away games up to this point. Um, just on moving to Cyprus, by the way, I was going to bring that up at some point, just in case uh, anybody didn't know your your personal news. So maybe we'll uh, return to that just uh, in the last <laughs> in the in the next ten minutes or so. But um, yeah, Hull. I thought they were in a really false position. They are seventh at the moment, I believe. Oh, there's a load of games being played right now as we're talking, actually, aren't they? So, uh, well, I have missed the uh, hearing it in the flesh, the keyboard typing. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you, dear listener, it is amazing as uh, it sounds. You listen later on. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, they're down in they're down in ninth at the moment. But I I thought they'd been a bit like Reading and were really really out of position essentially, but. They've been all right on the stats. Their their attack has been very good. Their defence has been dreadful. They've been the worst defence in the league so far by quite a distance, looking at um, expected goals against and uh, I think shots faced as well. Uh, they have a 100% home record like us and um, play some pretty good teams as well. Uh, Norwich they've been at home. Uh, they play Burnley away. They've been, I, I, I sort of looked at their fixtures like hoping to see that they played a load of, um, you know, Teams at the bottom, essentially, but uh, they haven't. They, they have played some good teams. They've got some decent results. They seem to have unearthed a player in this uh, Oscar Estupinian. Well said. Pro- Thank you. I have no idea if that's how it's pronounced, but it's got a it's got a squiggle over one of the ends, so I think it's a Nyan. That's my effort <laughs> overseas pronunciation. Uh, he seems to be a, a a very fine poacher at this level. I think he's the league top scorer at the moment. All right, I feel like he's got a hat trick the other day, didn't he? Um, yeah, so he's one to watch for. Ingram again, the goalkeeper has been. Oh, it's good keeper. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know how they've managed to get hold of this guy actually, but um, yeah, he's once again tops the table on Opta's uh, goals prevented stat. He's, he's saved whole three goals so far, which is wow. yeah, best in the league. Um, I should say uh, Lumley, who played for Reading last night, has remarkably sits on minus six goals prevented. So he's, I can he's, believe it. He's allowed six more goals than an average goalkeeper would allow, which is, I don't want to pile on the guy, but I've never seen it go that low, like, or that high. If you, like, I didn't know it was possible to be. <laughs> well, because usually if you underperform that much, you get yanked out of the team, but he's played, I think he's played like 98% of the minutes or something so far. Yeah, I, I, Reading might want to replace him at some point, would be my suggestion. Although he was, to be fair to him, he was uh, not at fault for any of the goals last night. Anyway, I think we're running out of time because <laughs> the, the the gods are conspiring against us tonight, Hal. The, the technical gods, or the gremlins, I should say. Uh, you've been hit by a, a bloody great power cut, by the sounds of things. Um, and yeah, we need to we need to wrap this up pretty quickly, I suppose. Are you, are you still there now? You can still hear me. The Berkshire gods, because I'm so close to Reading, they're getting their own back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I did want to talk to you about Will Lankshire moving to Spurs and uh, a couple of other things as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, I know you're uh, struggling to finish this one on 4G at the moment. So I I guess, uh, yeah, do, do you want to quickly just tell people about the move to, to Cyprus and the fact you are not deserting uh, 
Sheffield United or indeed Sheffield United way. Uh, yeah, going to go to Cyprus, probably, you know, to give it a go for a couple of years. Uh, that'll be interesting, carrying on my existing job, but with an opportunity out there. That's exciting. Uh, then Will Lancashire, you asked me about, well, it's obviously it's shoes off. The question is how many shoes? Uh, <laughs> you know, we might be watching another Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, for a few years. But, you know, the fee is good. It does actually make sense. That kind of almost covers Ahmed Hodzic's transfer fee. Mm. And clearly the lad wanted to go and you can't really stand in his way. So, you know, jokes aside, I wish him all the very best. GLTL. TL, good luck to the lads. Yeah, I think, I think it's two T's and an L on the end. Good luck to and, the lad, yeah. yeah. And yeah, continue with Chef United Way, which if you're not already aware of, is a YouTube channel. And uh, do check us out as well on social media at Chef United Way. Absolutely. very. I'm sure everyone listening to this is fully aware, but if you're not, very, very strongly recommend doing just that. And um, yeah, well... G L T T L to you, mate, and uh, and and your wife and family as well. Moving out to uh, to Cyprus, I hope the the move goes smoothly. You get settled in uh, very very nicely. Do you, you have uh, family out there, right, or your wife's family? My wife's got family out there. I hope the internet's better, and I hope the power's more reliable. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the only something no more. Uh, you know, is this the end of the match day sandwiches? Ooh, will it be halloumi sandwiches? Oh, very nice. Are we still going to get the live? you know, live reaction of you trying the sandwich. I hope so. <laughs> Let's not make promises we can't keep. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, yeah, good luck to you, Hal. Um, I, I hope that, yeah, everything goes well. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. And obviously uh, anytime you, you're back in town, uh, do do hit us up. Cause yeah, o- always a pleasure seeing your face before and uh, before, during and after these matches. So um yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a a pleasure and a privilege having you on here. I appreciate you stepping in at short notice and uh, filling Andrew's shoes while he's on holiday. And um, yeah, go check out Hal at Chef United Way and everything that uh, he and Nick do on that channel and all the uh, awesome work you do for the Blades fans out there. So yeah, that's it, mate. Thank you, uh, thank you so much for stepping in. I really really appreciate it. It was good chatting to you again. Thank you for persevering with all these issues. You'll be wishing Andrew back any second, but obviously in future, I'm always happy to step in. (laughs) Thanks, Al. Take it easy. Cheers.